Hi, welcome back to The Cake with Jane and an extra special guest host. It's called The Cake because there is a cake for everyone. Whether it's walnut, chocolate, fruit or red velvet, cake is definitely something that unites us here at Salisbury District Hospital. We've got a great episode coming up for you all about career choices. But before we get into it, I'd like to introduce to you my guest host. Hi, I'm Paul Stevens. I'm the clinical director for the Division of Surgery at Salisbury District Hospital and I'm also a consultant plastic surgeon. And it's brilliant to have you with us today. Thank you. And also joining us on this episode, we have Dave Broughton from our facilities team. And before we get into the matter in hand, we all know that people are much more than just their job title. So Dave, can you tell us something about yourself that probably no one in the trust already knows? So I'm uh, originally from Leicester and I'm a Leicester Tigers fan. And how long have you supported them all your life being from Leicester or? Uh, Yeah, a long time. Uh, I'd say something like 40 odd years. And I used to be a season ticket holder. So I left Leicester when I was uh, mid-twenties. Kept going back uh, and had a season ticket with, with my father. And we used to go down while he was still alive. And we stopped doing that, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And only this season, my wife has persuaded me that she would like a season ticket as well. And Ooh. so we travelled from Salisbury up to Leicester to watch them. Wow. That's what, two and a half hours? A good two and a half hours yeah. on a nice day. Yeah. I could hear my wife telling me, you should mention that you are uh, the other faith and that you are very much a practicing Christian. So I should mention that as well. Excellent. Thank you. So um, today's episode, we're talking about career choices. And Dave has kindly agreed to come and talk to us about the changes he's made in his life regarding his career. Um, what inspired you to change? Or should we start with actually what change did you make? Sure. So I worked for the prison service where I worked for somewhere close to 30 years. And quite a lot of that was in a management role, mostly in prisons, but there were a four-year period where I worked in our headquarters, which was in London, and joining the band of Merry Commuters. I didn't particularly enjoy the London experience. I didn't overly enjoy the sort of politics that goes on in an office environment yeah um it was more real for me back in the prison so i left there and went back into the prisons where i was one of the managers who was part of the senior management team to the governor and decided when periodically prison service would come along and ask for people to volunteer to leave and particularly they liked anybody who was relatively expensive management grades put my name in the hat and I came out having discussed it with my wife about deciding to really take a bit of a step backwards from the sort of busy hectic life because both of us doing that was quite a challenge so at that point I decided to uh, sort of backpedal slightly and become more of a a domestic uh, god really and uh, house husband House husband, <laughs> yes, the domestic engineer. It uh, wasn't the sort of thing that I think my mother would have expected of me, um, but I actually was very happy to become the person that chauffeured her to the station because yep. she had like 10 years, the next 10 years for her were commuting to London and I would uh, be happy to take her to the station and collect her and do all of the household stuff, but it didn't take very long for me to get bored and so I started doing volunteering work. And then somebody I knew externally suggested, why don't you come along to the hospital? You'd be great as a bank porter. You'd just be ideal as a bank porter. And you'd really like it. You'd seen people. Yep. And he was so true. So I started here just as COVID 
struck. But oh, okay. uh, and he's very true. Uh, there's a great uh, sense of personal worth that you gain f- from giving to people, and that's what I think uh, I, I I get. And there's quite a good camaraderie within the hospital porter team, isn't there as well? I mean, it's quite a good team, is it not, to be part of? Uh, yeah, the porters are uh, uh, an eclectic bunch who do pull together, as indeed I think most teams here, yep. here yep. do pull together, Definitely. to be fair. And that's one of the strengths, I think, of the hospital. That must have been quite a challenging time to join the NHS. I mean, that was the, sort of the early days of COVID with PPE. How did you find... You know, because the porters were, you're on the front line. It was quite a challenging thing. And if you'd not been in it before, it was, it did make you feel a little bit vulnerable. I do remember going home to my wife and being sent straight into the shower and don't come near me. Just, you know, you've got to, you've got to defumigate yourself. You've got to go in there and you've got to do that. And only after that, can you come and give me a hug? Um, And so that was probably the hardest bit of it, if I'm truthful. And there was an element of why you were pushing people around that, you know, there was a lot of fear around. There was a lot of fear around, and it was real. So, Dave, you've had a very successful career in the prison service. You know, you were senior management. To step away from that and become a house husband, how did you make that decision? You've got to weigh up what you think the advantages are going to be for the family and yourself vis-a-vis the pressures yeah. that you are as an individual feeling in in that organization and i think it's reasonable to say that it was it'd been quite a tough time for me in a in my personal role at work and that had definitely played into my decision because i hadn't i wasn't really enjoying work in the same way I wasn't feeling i was got the same traction that i'd had and so it was it was a it was a bit of Right, okay, why would I want to keep working in that environment when if I look at the financial bit, wasn't yeah. a huge difference? And actually suddenly there's a whole heap of less pressure and I can get some well being for the family and for myself. Yeah. So I think for us it was just a good opportunity and it fitted in nicely. And did you discuss that with family? Did you discuss that with friends? How did you I think I didn't discuss it in the sense of asking for opinions from others. Yeah. But I might, I will have trailed it as this is what we're considering. I think the general view for people is, gosh, well, if you can, if you've got the opportunity and you can Take do it. that, and yeah, I think it's in, uh, grab it. I think was really most people's people's view. Yeah. And what about the change in roles? Because I mean, it's, you've gone from a very senior management to being at home. You know, how did your peers react to that? How did your friends? You know, yeah. if you go to the rugby game, were they positive about those? lifestyle changes you'd made when you go and introduce yourself people first thing people ask you is yes what do you yeah. do uh, from a personal point of view i found that really quite difficult because i'd said for 30 years or so i work for the prison service yep. and people are always oh that's interesting yeah that's interesting so you had something to talk about and so i didn't have that and so saying oh i'm a volunteer or i'm a domestic engineer or I'm the house husband, whatever it Did might be. Did you actually be. use the term domestic engineer? No, that's only recently. Oh, okay. t- that's not one. I, I used to say I'm the house husband. Yeah. That was my uh, primary thing that I would say. But I, I, if I'm truthful, I really did find that quite difficult. Yeah. And I think that was a real challenge for me. And it took me a long time to actually feel that 
what is it I do? So the, the bit, I think, going back to your question there, Paul, is actually, is how you deal with that in terms of status, because people yes. will give certain, yeah, status in life. I look up to him, but I look down on him. And so you have to be understanding that in your own mind, you're happy with what you do. And actually, I'm really happy with it. Did people react differently when you told them, you say, you know, that was a difficult thing? Was it your reaction or do you think it was their reaction to you? No, I think it's probably me. It's about how I process things. And it was a little period, I think, where I probably felt a bit uh, questioning of myself as to whether or not have I done made the right decision. Is this, is this really a good thing I've done? Was there ever any sort of regret when you'd made that remorse? Did you think back to the time, you know, when you, you know, the prison service was challenging at the end, but did you miss the elements of that job that gave you the status? Did you ever question why you'd made the... I don't think I really questioned it, in truth. I think I can feel... Um, there were elements that I would miss. There would be individuals that I would miss and, and rapport you would have with them. And again, we talked about sense of teams in the hospitals, a lot of teamwork in the prisons, and that they were, and they are, an interesting place to work. And I don't think I have any, I don't think I had any sense of too much unease, just a sense of missing some elements of it, which really haven't really been filled until I came here in some of that way, yeah. if you like. Because generally, we we are, as people, we get our reward systems through interacting with other people. Yeah. Yes, definitely. You know, and and if we can have a positive impact on that person and their life and their issues, then I think we, we feel good about that. And I'll just give you one of my best moments as a porter. Um, there's a particular, early days this was, there was a particular patient who who seemed to be very well known to the staff that dealt with her I've, I've never seen anybody with the challenge physical challenges she had she was a quadriplegic she couldn't really talk it was quite a distressing thing seeing her in the hospital and I had to move her from A&E to a ward and I'd not long been here and this was a real bit of a challenge I was like, what what how what am I going to say what Anyway, somehow I just talked to her as though she was going to be talking back to me. Yeah. And I just treated her as I would anybody else. We got to the ward and the main person who was with her had come in with her. She was looking at me and, and as I was leaving and uh, the person who was with her, a guardian, I guess, said, do you know, she's saying thank you. She's really, she's really oh. pleased with what you've, you, uh, that's uh, yeah. such a positive thing you're getting back. Well, Honestly, when I walked out of here, I felt like Eric Morecambe, if those who can remember him, going off the stage when he would leap up and click his, his heels. Feet, yeah. That's how I felt, genuinely. Oh. Really moved me. Oh. So it's interesting, Dave, when you talk about when you decided to change your career and how some of your friends were like, oh, yeah, if you can do it, go for it. That, that sort of shows how society's changed when you think, and I'm sure, Paul, you probably agree with this, maybe 10, 20 years ago, the idea of a man changing his job and having an easier life, it would have been, what? No, you're the, I mean, you're the main earner. models didn't do that, did they? I mean, no. you know, we, I mean, I grew up in a family where my father went out to work every day and that was, you know, my mum stayed at home. We were a traditional sort of Irish family. That was the role models. And, you know, that would have been very challenging. You know, I don't think my father would ever have thought about that. You know, he's quite old, but those weren't the role models. And that's, you know, back to, the, you know, how did your friends respond? Because that's, the, you know, you 
rugby is a very male sport. You know, I would imagine that people had an opinion on your life choices and that's really only probably in the last decade we've seen men making those choices and being the primary carer, doing the cooking, doing the cleaning. They're probably jealous, whereas in the yes. past there would have been, oh, what are you doing? You're having an easy life, you lazy thing, whereas now it's like, oh, good for you. The, the family that was, you just described, Paul, um, we, were, we were Leicester Irish in that case then because we were definitely, that was how we were as a family. You know, my father worked, my mother stayed at home, brought yep. us up. That's what I'd been accustomed to and used to. Um, and, you know, my father worked till he was 70 and he started when he was 14. Yeah. So, you know, the thought of him finishing at any particular given time. and But, you know, when he did retire, he absolutely threw himself into being a grandparent. Yeah. yeah. And I know that if he could have gone earlier he would have done so his view was no grab it if you can do that and if you can afford it boy get on with it what about the change of status at home did you notice that if your wife was going out she has a very structured day i imagine being at home your day probably wasn't as structured as it once was did she leave you a list (laughs) my wife loves lists (laughs) she's the she is the archetypal list person and the, the other thing that's strange in a way is that as uh, I, as I've made this change, my wife is actually younger than me and her career has absolutely skyrocketed. So she's now a director for Hampshire County Council. Wow. And so you, you, we've talked about status and we've got, you know, uh, definitely a yin and yang in that sense. But it works really well for us. Yes. You know, and, and I think it's fair to say she's quite proud of me. Yeah. And that's... Well, that's I imagine you are of her. I am very proud of her. Very proud of indeed. But it is a challenge. You know, if you're at, the, if you're at that point and you're thinking about making a change, it, to some degree, it's a bit like, you know, the lemmings leaping off the cliff. You don't know what they're leaping into. And although you've, you've analysed it and thought about it, you don't really know until you get there. So how would you describe your job now in the NHS? You've been here for a couple of years. Has it changed? Um, and what, what are you getting out of it now? What's... So I started, as I, I, I mentioned, as a bank porter. I started also doing some career driving, where we got, yep. uh, got the samples yep. and from, the, from the doctor's surgeries. And the last eight months or so, I've been working on the phone installation. So we had to change from analog to VoIP phones and... What I think is happening for me personally is almost getting drawn into thinking, hmm, maybe I could do a bit more to help. Maybe I could do more. Yeah. Um, and so actually for some of those weeks, I did do a full week. And my wife has been keen to stress to me that that isn't always keeping to the balance. Yeah. Yes. So, so you're being sucked back in yeah. to yeah. the thing that you step back from. Exactly. So I struck myself to just doing three days a week. Yep. And and that's working pretty pretty well I'd say. The other thing about stepping back from so at the moment of my role within the facilities is a great one where I can come in, pick it up, and when I go home, I can leave it. Oh, that's nice. But generally most you know, if you're in a management role, that doesn't tend to happen. No. Somebody mentioned emails I mean they just they you, you know, as we've been sat here, they've been going ping, ping, ping somewhere, <laughs> haven't yes. they, for you? Yeah. Um and that hasn't happened for me because generally in the portery world or the facilities world, that's not the sort of job I've got. Dave, just thinking about 
the current cost of living crisis, et cetera, that we're going through at the moment. There's probably people listening today who are thinking, oh, I envy you. You've, you've got it right. You've been able to reduce your hours. You're obviously in a position where you can still live comfortably. If those people out there are thinking, I'd love to do that, but are unsure and are worried about how they can still live comfortably, is there any advice you could give them? Undoubtedly, I am. We are in a blessed position. But I would say that the way the taxation system works in our mm-hmm. country, for those who do reduce their hours, will probably find that it's not a direct linear cut in income. And we always talk about money. I think that's an unfortunate way things are in Britain. But I'm a big believer that actually the most important currency we possess is time. So actually spending time with family and loved ones, actually, you probably reap more benefits from that than a nice paycheck for some people. Yeah, totally. Well, it's time time and health Yeah, are the two things. I mean, you know, Jane, you know, you started off as a nurse. You're now the divisional head of nursing. Mm -hmm. That's a... Remarkable transition. How did you end up making the decision to be where you are today? When I started in my career, I never pictured myself doing anything other than being a ward-based nurse. And even I remember someone saying, oh, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a sister? Do you want to move up? And I, I was like, no, no, I want to be front at the front door with the patients. I, I truly believe that's the only place I can make a difference. And then having spent 15 years in ITU and having children etc my priorities changed so whilst I still loved being there with patients and caring for them and their relatives I understood that my children needed me just as much so I did reduce my hours and I worked part-time for a period of time and then I had a very um, supportive manager at the time who suggested I look at other options within my career Um, and I moved away from um, being in ITU to working on the wards, but again, changed my hours. So I was, had weekends off, which made a huge difference when your children start school, because then I had that protected time with them, which I didn't have before when I was doing the shift work. And then to move to the management, I do remember our, one of our previous chief nursing officers saying to me, I know you're struggling with the decision not to be on the front line because you don't think you can make a difference, but you do. And it's very much like what you've said, Dave. We, you know, I, I can hopefully influence and inspire others to ensure that their standards of care is what it should be and that I can still go to the wards and speak to patients and and relatives and staff I can help develop our future leaders I mean I've gone and done tea rounds still now and I I love doing that I know it seems silly but just going to making someone a cup of tea or being that person who can just say to a relative you know don't worry they're in good hands we can sit you down and get in them a cup of tea so whilst I don't directly see patients every day or um, get that feedback I can proudly see the teams that I manage and support give that care and give that much needed support to those who need it at most um, so yeah it, it, for those who are out there thinking on oh, nurses are just on the front line that there's so many nurses that are in managerial positions that still I think, positively influence what happens out there. And what about yourself, Paul? Because you yourself as clinical director. I mean, mean, my sort of change was, again, sort of around COVID where, you know, the transition surgery, in effect, stopped. And again, I can't help but get involved. And so I sort of, at that stage, transitioned to being deputy clinical director. And actually, 
then seeing that you can positively impact health. You know, I've got phenomenal colleagues. You know, we are blessed in this trust. We've got some phenomenal clinicians. We've got phenomenal juniors. And actually, the care we provide is great. And actually, facilitating them to concentrate on their patients. Yeah. And actually, but somebody does need to drive the service. Somebody does need to look at the bigger picture. And I think during that, I realized that was part of the skill set that I had. And actually, I have got great colleagues, but actually, we do need to look at how we emerge from this. We do need to look at our waiting list and we do need to make plans for that. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm lucky when I sort of have a little bit of both. You know, I still operate. I've been on call all weekend and, you know, I love my weekends on call. You know, you're in there, you're doing it, you're in theater, you know, you're chatting with the porters, you're chatting with the anesthetists and there's that camaraderie. And then, you know, days like today, I'll step back into infernal emails but actually you are helping to drive the service and to improve the hospital and make it better for everybody it's that future proofing isn't it you know and that has been revolutionary in itself and it's it's different it's challenging thanks so much for sharing your story dave i'm I'm very certain those listening will be inspired by your brave decision to step away and change your career um but i have one last question if i may and that is what is your favorite cake and why so There's a great array of cakes, and for those who are just listening, sorry about that, but they they do look lovely. Unfortunately, too many of them for me to even try all of them, but the lemon drizzle probably is one of my favourites, and you have got it here. Yes. And it's the nearest one to me, so <laughs> I think lemon drizzle would be my, get my vote eight times out of ten. It does seem to be a firm favourite, my lemon drizzle. Brilliant. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for our guest for joining us on that episode. It was really interesting talking about career changes and decisions people make. How did you find that, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I think Dave gives an, an excellent example of a journey, how life can change. And actually, you know, he has phenomenal reflection. He, you know, was reflected on what he was doing. He has made positive changes. And actually, you know, something that we all want to do but do badly is that work-life balance. Yeah. And I think Dave give us today an example of someone who is doing that who can say no and who is thinking and reflecting upon that and I think that's probably something we can all take home is you know how we get that work-life balance right and how we look after our own mental well-being yeah yeah inspirational and it's something I know my father-in-law has said numerous times to my husband and brother-in-law how he's quite jealous that they have that work-life balance and he feels that was lacking when he was working but like we said when we were talking to Dave I think some of that is how uh, culture has changed how society has changed and I think if personally if people have the opportunity go for it it's yeah, and I think if my wife listens to this she'll be asking me to reflect upon that yes exactly <laughs> brilliant well thank you so much Paul for being my guest Jane, host thank you very really much really enjoyed it As always, if anyone would like to listen to any of our podcasts, there are a few now available to download or stream wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, I'm going to finish the episode with my usual little quote. Paul, do you fancy a slice? Yes, please. (laughs) 